Welcome to Connect to Joy. Your host, Carol DeShane, is an intuitive spiritual guide for practical matters and Marconic multidimensional energy practitioner. Her quest is to help you realize new possibilities, discover and release what holds you back, and enable you to manifest an inspired life filled with joy. Join us on this journey of transformation. Now, here's your host, Carol DeShane. Welcome, beautiful spirits. Thank you for joining me here today. Today, we're going to be talking about some tips to making life-changing decisions because you don't want to have to worry all the time about how to make decisions. I mean, every day we make decisions. What time do you get up? How long do you shower? What do you wear? Some decisions are routine and they're so small, but there are other ones that are a little bigger and some that end up being those life-changing ones. And we don't even know sometimes if they are life-changing until we make a decision. So do you have trouble making the day-to-day decisions? Are those pretty much easy for you? And what about the bigger ones, the life-changing ones, the ones you know are going to be life-changing? Are you paralyzed in fear when that happens? So which type do you have trouble with? Maybe you have trouble with not just the small ones, but maybe when you're dealing with relationships, any kind of decision can be difficult. Or maybe it's business decisions. Or maybe those are a snap and people give you problems trying to decide what to do with people. Let me ask you something. I want you to think about it for a second. What opportunities might you be letting pass by you because you haven't been able to make a decision? Just think about that. What about these opportunities that you go, I don't know, I can't make up my mind, and then they're gone. And you don't have the decision chance anymore for those. The opportunity's gone. Every single decision we make shapes our reality and who we are and, and what we become. If you're unhappy with your life so far, making different decisions could be the key to being who you want to be and having the life that you want in the future. And I'm not telling you those things so that you're afraid to make more decisions again and that you worry more. I'm telling you so you know how important letting yourself be in the flow is, letting yourself be able to get past that worry and that fear that whatever you do could go wrong. So today we're going to talk about what decisions are and the different ways that we make decisions, which might surprise you because different people make them differently and sometimes different parts of your life you might make them differently. We're going to talk about what makes decision-making so difficult. I had no idea how many things come into play until I really started thinking about it. How many reasons why we can get frozen in fear because there are so many factors that go into making decisions. We're going to talk about decision deadlines and what you've been probably waiting for, new habits to make decision-making a breeze. And I'm going to give you a seven-step plan as well for those bigger life-changing decisions, the ones that really can stop us in our tracks. So let's get started here, shall we? What decisions are is basically looking at choices and selecting a course of action. And you do it based on the information that you have. But sometimes we don't have all the information, of course. We decide if we're going to go left or right, uh, forward or back, take that job or maybe a different one. If you're in college, which major do you take? If you're not quite sure, who do you date? Who do you marry? Hopefully that one's a little easier once you've dated for a while. But there are all these decisions that we make. 
And like I said, some people struggle over the simplest ones. Maybe not the routine ones, like what time to get up. Doesn't mean you can get up, but you know what time you're supposed to get up, how long you want to take your shower for, things like that. But sometimes it's a problem even deciding what shirt to buy. You go, I know people I've gone shopping with three different shirts, can make up their mind, takes them a half an hour, and then they still can't make up their mind. And for me, it's like, oh, come on. Usually that's one of the things I'm okay with. Sometimes I have a few moments. Everybody has different moments of decision-making, different times. Usually you might be fine, and other days you might have a, a few more problems with making a decision. And they might seem simple, and maybe you even frustrate yourself, because it's like, oh, come on, I normally can do this. So don't worry about struggling, because we all do that from time to time. But what you want to do is to be able to have a system in place or an idea of what you can do when you do start struggling. So it You don't have to blow it up out of proportion and make your life more difficult. Even people who make easy decisions daily, lots of decisions daily, can freeze up and worry and struggle with the more life-changing decisions. I want to go into how we make decisions now because I was really surprised when I really started working on this and thinking about it because each person makes decisions based on a, a different criteria that's personal to them. So it might be hard to figure it out if you're working with somebody. It's like, wait, how do you make decisions that's different from me? But if you know these things, you might be able to put them in a category and go, oh, that's how they make decisions. So this is how I should approach that person. And I'll get to an example after I give you some of this information. First, a lot of people are logically based, right? It might take them a while to make decisions because they need to look at each reason behind. They think through every decision in detail, not maybe the small ones, but always the bigger ones and some of the middle size ones as well. If you're not this way, it may drive you crazy, but they may make a list of pros and cons. Do you do that? Maybe in your head, maybe on paper or on the computer. They may even create a spreadsheet, what you want versus what's offered. And seeing it in black and white really helps everybody. And I am actually partially logically based. I'm kind of a a little of two different types here. Logically based people use problem solving skills and they tend to do a very logical and ordered step-by-step process to get through a decision. So if you're working with someone who is a logical based decision maker and you get that and you understand that's what they are and maybe you're not, then you need to approach them a little differently if you want to get a consensus, whether that's someone you're married to or someone you're in business with. Go through, even if it's not your thing, the pros and cons and help them see your way of thinking if you want something to go your way, rather than doing it emotionally based, perhaps, which is maybe where you are. That's the second way you can do it. If you get excited about something and you jump right in, you're probably emotionally based decision maker. You probably make really quick decisions. And you may not think of the consequences of your actions. You go with that gut feeling. You hate it. You love it. You're going to do it. Realize that logically based people, you will drive them crazy if you're one of these. Or if you're a logically based person and you have an emotional based person you're dealing with, you're going to go, oh my God, rip my hair out. But understanding the different types will really help you with yourself, but also working with someone else. The third type is a spiritual based person. They also may take some time. They need to go away and pray about it, meditate about it. They go on more intuition, which is similar to a gut feeling, but Gut feeling feels like it's in your body. Intuition somehow feels like it's coming from a higher source, kind of a higher vibrational feeling. 
whether it's a shiver or it's something that feels a little different. Some people may just say, I knew it. I knew I was right. If you've ever looked at houses or apartments and walked out saying, it just doesn't feel right. That could be either emotionally based or spiritually based because the vibration may be wrong for you. It may feel kind of off and maybe denser than what you want. It might feel like it's dragging you down or it may feel where you just go, yuck, I don't like it. And the person with you may go, but it's everything on your list. The place looks great on paper and you're going, no. The logically based person would have more trouble saying no because it looks good on paper. But for somebody who's emotionally based or spiritually based, they're going to go, hmm, it just doesn't feel right. Especially a spiritually based person will go, I just know that's not right for me. It doesn't mean as a person you can't be spiritually based. It just means the way you make decisions is logically based, emotionally based, or spiritually based. And some people just ask friends or family for their opinion and they follow that. They don't even make their own decisions. And that's more someone that is lacking a self-confidence. So that's a little different issue. But if you do that all the time, be aware that that's what you're doing. And then you can do something to change it if you want to. Most people are kind of a combination of some of these. So realize that you might have some of one that might be your main go-to, but then you might shift to do a little bit of the other. Maybe you are emotionally based, but you check in on the logically part just to make sure you're not going off the rails, which is a really good thing to do if you're emotionally based. Or maybe you're logically based, but you check in spiritually. So you may be a combination. You might have a backup plan, so to speak. So how do you make decisions? What's your main channel? I realized that when I was working at a law firm and I I stepped into a new position of facilities, I went ahead and I would try and present information to the lawyers at their main management committee. And they're all men. They all were very logical thinkers, as attorneys tend to be. And so I had to change the way I presented it to be extremely logical, very short, succinct, to the point. And so my memos got went from five pages down to one, squished in as much as possible. So it was one page. So that they would read it all and they would get it. But I had to change the, totally the way that I approached them so they could make the decision. I already knew what decision I wanted them to make. So I had to find a way to make them understand why in a very succinct, logically based way. And that took me a little while to figure out. So I'm just saying, if you're around people that are logical, whether you are or not, it's very handy to know that going in. It really makes a difference when you're dealing with it. Next, what makes decisions so difficult? Different criteria may be used depending on the type of decision you're making, which is also something. If you're working with someone else, like I mentioned, that could be an issue, knowing how they're working. But even realizing yourself, when you're in a work mode, maybe you make it very logically based. Maybe when you're in a relationship, you're not so logical. It hits us in a different way. Do you consider other people when you're making your decisions? There are so many different things that we could go into with this, and I'm going to go into a whole long list of how decision-making, why it's so difficult. It's going to be a pretty long list because I want you to really see what you're getting into and why you shouldn't struggle so hard with it, why you shouldn't beat yourself up when you see how many choices there are, what can get in your head. Sometimes it's related to other people around us. So how do our decisions impact them? Do we need to consider other people? Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we need to have a discussion with them if it's a major decision, right? You don't want to leave somebody out that they will get very angry with you if you don't discuss it with them. And you may have to decide it together if it's a bigger deal. You may make decisions as situational 
it may be a new job, moving a new car. If you're by yourself, you may not have to ask anyone about it. You might want to get ideas. And if you're dealing with your married, these are going to be things you need to talk to people about. Other reasons it might be difficult is you may have multiple choices and alternatives to decide on. It may just not be yes or no. It could be yes or no to A, or it could be maybe you have decision A and decision B, and maybe each one is a yes or no. Maybe there's A, B, and C. That can really be difficult if they have their own variables, all alternatives for each one. And what you're deciding on, it may not be clear. What if your decision can't be yes or no because your information is fuzzy? You don't have all the facts or they're unknown on how, obviously, you don't always know how a decision you make is going to play out. But if you don't even know the clear choices you have, it's going to be harder to make a decision. And of course, like I said, the consequences of our decision aren't necessarily clear. If you can see the chain of events that might happen if you make a choice, it's going to be easier. But the future is unknown. So we might have a fear of that. What happens if we choose door number one? Oh, oh no, maybe it's not what we think is behind it. Maybe it's a zonk if you ever watch Mess Make a Deal. It's not what you want necessarily. So the decision could be not what you were looking for. Another reason it can be difficult is because how risky is the decision? Sometimes we don't even know, but if it looks really risky, will it change our life completely? Or will it just shift it slightly? And is that okay? Will you lose what you have if you choose door number two? And do you even know what the risks are? Because sometimes they come up after the fact. Maybe the decision is difficult because your lack of money is stopping you and you don't know how to move forward. Then there's always the fear of failure, the feeling like maybe you're not good enough or smart enough to work your way through that decision and follow it up. Maybe you feel unworthy of the opportunity that's there or undeserving. These blocks pop up for everyone. So don't worry about it if they show up. Just be aware of them and then you can decide if you want to work through them. And sometimes decisions are just difficult because they're so complex. They impact so many different areas of your life. If you take a new job and you have to move, it impacts your home life, your friends, your family. It'll impact any gym memberships you have, any golf clubs you belong to, dance classes you take. Wherever you belong and you have a connection where you're at, if you decide to take a job that moves, it's going to be really impactful. Also, if you're married, what about their job and their friends and family? Are you moving away from them or towards them? How do they feel? If you have kids, it impacts their school, their friends, and their activities. I mean, you get the idea. Some decisions are just really, really complex. And then, of course, past decisions we may consider bad may trip us up. Have you ever made a decision, and you probably have if you're human and been in the world more than maybe 15 or 16 years, maybe you considered a decision not so good. And then maybe you start shying away from making certain types of decisions because maybe you think you're going to repeat the pattern. You're going to go, oh, it's going to happen again. Maybe it's your love life, and maybe you've dated or hopefully not married an abuser or someone who abandoned you or broke your heart, and you're thinking, oh, I don't want this to happen again. Maybe I won't step in. Maybe I won't do this now. Your past can overshadow your present and even your future in decision-making if you let it. And some people, and I know I've been guilty of this, we overthink. 
we have sometimes, some of us, have what you might call analysis paralysis. I remember this from some class I had back when I was in college. You just can't decide. So you just, you overanalyze everything. You think through every single thing. Mostly logically thinkers, the decision makers that do it the logical way, and they're the ones that get stuck on this, obviously. But deciding to act can almost be impossible because you keep thinking of all the different reasons why you might make the wrong choice. So it really limits the opportunities because you're just afraid to take those steps. And if you do nothing, of course, the opportunity passes by most of the time. And the last one I'm going to talk about is second-guessing ourselves. I mean, maybe you already decide on something. You go, yes, and then you feel like you're going to act on it, and then you go, maybe not. So maybe you flip-flop on the decision and go, maybe not. Well, maybe yes. Well, no. Maybe you've asked friends after you've decided on something, and talking to them makes you go, oh, no, I need to switch my decision. Maybe their views seemed right, or maybe their views just had some information you didn't even think of. So you second guess yourself. Or maybe your friends judge you as being crazy, and they say, what are you thinking? And maybe you gave in to peer pressure because you thought, yeah, what am I thinking? Maybe this isn't right for me. And maybe you just didn't trust yourself. So how can you make a decision with all of these different things coming up? I mean, it's no wonder that people have trouble making decisions. There are so many reasons why we might have issues with it. It's really a wonder we make any decisions. What about decision deadlines? That's another reason why we may not make a decision. They may be work-related or school-related deadlines like a test coming up or a paper due. Maybe it's just life-related where you've promised somebody you're going to be there for them. So you put off deciding maybe to study for that test or doing something until the very last minute. If someone offers you a job, you have to get back to them by a certain time or you're not necessarily going to get that job. If you can't say yes or no, they're going to say, forget it. We can't only hold the job so long. Of course, there's the sales offers where they go, ending today, so much percent off on a loan or the sales thing is done at a certain time. Those are the kind of deadlines that they try and push you to take your answer and get you to buy something or jump on something. And deadlines can be great. They can really help us make those decisions in a timely manner. If we don't have them, maybe we never make those decisions. But you have to realize the deadlines are important because if you put off making those decisions, those life opportunities, they just don't come by again sometimes. And you might beat yourself up the rest of your life if you let something get away. So don't let that happen. Let's make decision-making a little easier. And let's do that by looking at some new habits that you can start working on to make your decisions easier as you go along. So first off, if you don't have that deadline that's not looming in front of you, give yourself some time and space from the decision. Put the decision on hold if you can, and instead of going in circles where you can't come up with a yes or no answer or a do I go forward or not kind of answer, get a fresh perspective. Sometimes when you're not thinking about something, you'll have an answer come. You'll give yourself an hour, you give yourself a day, go do something fun, and all of a sudden you go, oh my God, I just thought of something that's going to impact my decision. And now the decision is easy because all of a sudden I've come to this realization of, oh, I didn't think of that. This makes it a yes. Or, oh, I didn't think of that. That's a horrible thing that might happen. I'm not willing to live with that. So getting a fresh perspective is really helpful. And sometimes when you take a step away, the universe, they send somebody to you. I swear to God. They send someone to you that will spark an idea. A friend will say something. You'll see something on TV or movie. 
And all of a sudden you go, oh, you might not even be talking about the decision. And just something shoves up that you're going, thank you. And they're going, what? No, no, I needed that. Thank you for saying that. And that way, too, if you can't make a decision, you can always revisit it at a specific time. You set your timer on your phone, put it on your calendar, a day, two days, a week, depending on how big the decision is, what you want to do. You can also, in your new habit, talk to trusted friends or colleagues or family member so you can get that new perspective. Because sometimes you can get their take on a situation and you might have missed some key idea or element for your decision. So you can put together their insights with your ideas and then make your decision, but make it your choice and not just theirs. You need to trust the person you're talking to or really like the way that they think. And another thing you can do as a new habit is to ask yourself if your decision works with your values. How will you feel after the fact? Are you going against something you believe in? Because that's not going to work for you. Not in the long run. You can also ask yourself, would you feel proud to tell your friends and family of a decision you made? That too can make it an easier decision. It just won't work if you go against your values for any length of time. If it's something tiny, maybe it'll be okay. But most of the time, it just doesn't work. Remember to be flexible in your decision making. Sometimes new information comes to light while we're making our decision. If you've already think you've made the decision and right afterwards you get more information, Be willing to adjust and reassess. Don't be so set in your ways you can't do that. Be flexible. The other thing I wanted to talk about besides I just finished being flexible, before you make your decision, you might want to walk out in nature if it brings you peace. Because beauty can calm you and refocus you. Whether your thing is trees or mountains or going in your garden, water or maybe the beach. I know a lot of people who love the beach. I'm a tree girl, love trees. Now, just looking at them makes me just breathe easier and it refocuses you. You don't have to spend an hour, just even five minutes taking a moment, taking that breath. You also might want to start practicing meditation. Raise your vibration. A quiet mind is more open to answers. Whether you go in the beauty of nature or you meditate or maybe do both, ask for guidance from your inner guide, your higher self, God, Christ, Buddha, whoever it is that you connect to. Ask for guidance, your highest guidance, and what's best for you. Another thing you can do is to visualize possible outcomes of the decision. You might see the worst that could happen, and then you might look at the best that could happen. Are you ready for whatever outcome there is? If not, then you may want to rethink the decision. Maybe you can't live with the worst thing, so you go, you know, I can imagine that happening, and it seems like it's possible and not only possible, but maybe even probable, then maybe you don't want to make a decision, even if there is a small chance it will be working out for you. You have to decide, visualize possible outcomes. And of course, use your intuition. Take a few breaths, close your eyes, think about the decision. How does your body feel? You can really go by that. Do you get sick to your stomach? Does your head hurt? Maybe you shiver or you feel happy. If you think about your decision, maybe you feel sad or scared, or maybe it just feels right or wrong, and you don't know why, whatever that may be, feel what it feels like when you think about your decision. Close your eyes and really think about it. Feel it through your body. Do you get excited, but you're a little nervous? If that's the case, you're probably just going a little bit out of your comfort zone, and that can be a good thing. That's not necessarily a bad thing. 
So just stay connected and find out how is this feeling to me. A couple more things you can do in making those decisions, making these new habits, is to ask yourself if your choice will matter in a year or two's time. If it doesn't matter, then maybe you're blowing the decision up out of proportion. If you're deciding on what shirt to buy, it's like, look, (laughs) buy them both or don't buy either one. It's not that huge of a deal. But if you're looking at it and you're going, this will matter, this will make a huge difference in a couple of years, it could change my life, that's different. That might help you make the easier decisions, the smaller decisions a little easier if you think that way. Make sure you learn from what you may consider past mistakes in making decisions. If you thought some of your past decisions were wrong, what happened? How did you make those decisions? Did you overthink them? Did you make them too quickly? What was it? How did you make the decisions? Because rather than what the decisions were, which you also can learn from, how did you make them? Maybe you need to start shifting just a little bit in there. Change your habits just a little bit about how you make those decisions. Because maybe a little more time or a little more spiritual connection would have helped you make a slightly modified decision, perhaps. Something else you can start practicing doing is to mastermind with other people, especially if you're of like mind and vibration. If you have the same result in mind, if you have one thing you're working on, you can work together. But if each one of you brings a choice that you need to make to the mastermind group, you can work on each person's thing. So they'll come up with, this is the decision. This is what I want to do. And everybody throws in ideas. You don't have any attachment to the ideas. You're just throwing them at the person to say, hey, here are some things you haven't thought of. And they take all kinds of notes and then they make their decision based on what they feel and all these new ideas that they have. And you can go around and have everybody have a different decision that they need to make and you can help them. You can do this with a bunch of different things, different goals people have as well. It's really fun to do that. However you do this, however you decide to change your habits, relax. That's the most important thing. When you get to the point where you're stuck and you can't decide, go play. Have some fun for a bit. Get out of your head or out of your emotions if you're stuck. Unless you have to make that decision right this minute, get out there. Let it go and say, okay, let's go do something else. And ask for signs from the universe for the best decision for you. But when you do that, whenever you do that, whether it's during your meditation or when you're walking in nature or whenever you do it, Pay attention because if you've asked, you may think you're going to get a specific type of answer and you may not. It may look totally different. So pay attention to your surroundings, to any kind of clues you may get that just pop out of somebody's mouth. Maybe you asked a question and you need, you say, okay, if I see red, this is a yes or that's a no because green will be yes. You can do whatever you want, but ask for signs that work for you and then pay attention. Okay, lots of different ideas for how to change your habits. Now we're going to get into that seven-step plan for the bigger decisions. You may not need all seven steps and all your decisions, but make sure that you at least are aware of these steps so you can take them if you need to. And please be sure to include your spouse or significant other in the decision-making process if they're this big. You don't have to do it at the beginning, but make I'll tell you where the the last possible spot you can add them in before you're going to get in trouble is, okay? So step one, explore the situation in detail. So look at something and lay out all the alternatives as you see them. Look at exactly what is included in the situation. So if it's a job, what is the information you currently have? 
the benefit, the salary, the job information is what I'm getting at, what you would be doing. Do you have to move? Maybe get a second opinion from somebody else or maybe a second option and then lay that out next to it. So you have option A, here are all the things that you know about it. Option B, here are all the things you know about it. You may only have one option. It may only be a yes or no. So explore the situation in detail. That's the first step. And then second is list the alternatives you have for the decision. This may be just a yes or no, but maybe there are other alternatives. Maybe you have a job that travels versus a job that you have to move to versus a job that has zero travel and zero move. Maybe you have different options. So what are those alternatives and options to each situation you're looking at, each decision that you're trying to make? The third one is explore the options in total detail. You want to look at not just what you know, but how will each alternative impact your life, other people's lives, and be as objective as you can. Because obviously when it comes to you, you're going to be kind of more subjective. You're going to feel it. But when you look at other people and how they are in your life, pay attention to that as well. Look for any other parts of your life that it may impact you on. So you can consider those too. Does it impact your finances? Maybe they're giving you more money in one job than another. And this is a lot of different decisions, kind of things you can work this on, but I'm just right now looking at jobs because it's clear cut and easy to describe and easy to use as an example. Maybe this new job impacts your spouse, not just you're just changing a similar job to a similar job. It's no big deal. It may impact them because the salary goes down a lot or it's something you love and you want to make sure that if it's longer commute or whatever it may be, that you're looking at how it's impacting everybody. Maybe you spend less time with your family or less time with your friends. Maybe you have to change residence. How does it impact your career? Look at the unknowns that might impact your happiness with a choice later. So if it is a job, look at the commute. If you know anything about the new boss, it's like, mm, if the boss is horrible, how am I going to deal with this? Do you know about the people you'd work with? You probably don't if you're just walking in. This is one of those unknowns I'm talking about. The type of difference in job that you may have now compared to what you would formerly had. Look at all those unknowns that you can and see if the unknowns make a huge difference to your decision. Now, if you don't have answers, you might be able to ask for more information, especially if it's about a job. But a lot of times we can't do that because you can't talk to the people that are part of it or it's your opportunity and there's just, there's nobody but you to talk to about it when it comes to all the unknowns. So you have to kind of think about those in more detail. Remember I told you when I was going to tell you when you were going to get in trouble if you didn't start talking to your spouse or your significant other? This is the one. So step four, you must include the person if you haven't by now. You're going to have all your ideas in place. You're going to have the choices laid out. You're going to have looked into everything you can, the unknowns. You're probably going to have kind of a, some of the decisions at least kind of made in your mind. So that's why it's kind of nice to lay it out at the beginning with your spouse. But this is the last step before you're going to get in trouble. So tell them now. Save yourself the grief so you can decide together or at least have them on board. Number four is to choose the best answer for you. Make the decision. That's step four. It's the time to evaluate any risks that come up from the decision, any possible consequences that occur to you. It's like, well, is this worth the risk? 
what might happen because of it. And then if that new information comes to light, to be flexible. If you've already decided and you go, I think I'm headed this way. Ooh, maybe your spouse, if you haven't talked to them before, says, well, what about this, 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 and this? And you're going, oh, shoot, I only thought about one of those. And there's three other things that maybe I should have been thinking about. That's why you want to make sure you include them. Even if it's something where you know you want a job or you know you want to do something, if it impacts them, you need to make sure. And step five is to look at any blocks that come up. So after you make the decision, or even before, this step may kind of permeate through some of this. Because if fear comes up, you need to take a look at it. Take a little time and work on it to see, is this, is this something that is just past that I can get over? Maybe it's a fear of failure, or even a fear of success, which most people don't get, but it does happen. Because your life will change. Maybe people will look at you differently. Maybe you have a fear of success. A limiting belief may pop up somewhere along the line here. You're not good enough. Maybe you feel like you're not smart enough to be able to handle what's coming up. Or maybe you feel like you're not worthy or deserving of whether the opportunity is a new relationship, a marriage. Maybe you don't think that you're good enough for them. Or this new job. Maybe you don't know if you deserve this big jump in pay. While it looks good, maybe you're not good enough to be able to do the job they're offering. A big block for some people is money. They either don't have enough to make the decision or they don't deserve to have more, which most people go, no, 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 it's not my problem. But it is underlying a lot of times why people don't have it in the first place. They don't feel they deserve to have more. So don't ignore whatever blocks come up. It's a really great time to work on them when they show up. And if you need help, talk to a life coach talk to a friend, a minister, wherever you need help from the outside. But sometimes a friend, it has to be the right friend because some people will say, oh no, it's no problem for you. You're great. Look at you. But somebody that will just listen without having any judgments may be better. So like a minister, someone that you pay, someone that volunteers and is used to listening to people are much better at listening objectively rather than subjectively and putting their own emotions into it. So that's number five, look at any blocks. And number six is to create and evaluate your plan. Look at your decision. And if you have to put some steps together to make it work, say, yes, I made my decision. What, where do I go from here? It's kind of the question for that. Where do I go from here? List whatever needs to be done in your head or write it down so that you can be clear on what steps are next. You want to make sure you know. If you make a, yes, I'm going to do this. Okay, great. Now, what are the steps to get from here to actually taking action? That's step seven. It's easy enough to make up your mind in your head, but if you don't take steps to make it happen in your reality, it isn't going to happen. Sometimes you might want to make those steps, if you're single, especially take those action steps before you tell people what your decision is, if they're just friends. Or maybe a family member you know is going to say, oh, you nuts, what's your problem? Because you don't want people to put that negative feeling on you. So I understand when people do that. Sometimes you really need to make sure that you take those steps without talking to people. So let me quickly go over those seven steps again so that you know what they are. Step one is to explore the situation in detail and lay out exactly what is included in the decision that would be Here's the situation. Step two is to see what are the alternatives? Is it just yes or no? Or is there multiple alternatives for the decision? 
Step three is to explore the options in detail. What does each alternative, how does it impact your life? Step four is to make sure if you haven't included your significant other, when you make that decision, make sure you include them before you, as you're making the decision and show them all the one, two, three steps you've already done so that they can see it. Step five, which could also come in earlier, is to look for the blocks that come up, the fears, the worries, all those things so you can deal with them. Step six is to create and evaluate any kind of plan you need to put it into place. And then, of course, step seven is to take the action. Making decisions can be anything from routine to small things to those life-changing ones. And while it's true that one decision can change your entire life, it can indeed lead you on a path that's totally different than where you are, which is why sometimes we just go, ah, what do I do? Decision-making really will get easier as you practice along the way. You can practice on making decisions of small things if you want so that you don't have to get anxiety-ridden over the huge things. Try to have fun with it. Make small decisions. If you're going out to buy something, going, oh, today I'm going to buy something in blue. And go out. Don't get stuck on those. Have fun with those. And don't be, let's use the word, oblivious. And let life choose your decisions for you. So you're just sort of letting life dictate where you go in your life. Allow yourself to make the decisions so you can take the path you want. Being able to make those decisions empower you so that you can feel freer and you can take those actions and you can make a difference for yourself. And then when opportunities show up, you'll be able to make those decisions and follow up on the ones that feel right to you. Sometimes those decisions are profound and they'll impact your life in so many different ways. Just choose to make a decision, any decision, it will get you moving. And after all, really, little secret, there are no wrong decisions. There's no wrong decisions. And you're thinking, now she tells me at the very end. But these are all just lessons along the way. You may go down a different path than what you thought you wanted, but it's still a learning experience. And sometimes the darkest times of our lives end up teaching us the most and we wouldn't be where we are without them. So don't beat yourself up. Just know whatever you decide, you're going to be okay. Thank you for listening to Connect to Joy. If you love the show, make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast. And subscribe so you never miss an episode. Contact the host, Carol DeShane, with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to become a guest. And remember... Transformation is a journey and not an end destination. So be kind to yourself because you are already enough to have the joyful, limitless life that you desire.